the All Things Productivity podcast, discussing all things productivity, interviews and chat, all helping you turn chaos into control. Now, welcome your hosts, David and Maria. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 11. Maria, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Dave? Excellent. Not bad, not bad. Glad to be back here podcasting again. Episode 11, we're going to have, what, hundreds, thousands of people listening now? (laughs) The reviews are going to go through the roof. (laughs) Through the roof. And actually, that's a good point. Thank you very much to those that have been leaving reviews. I think we've had a couple last week Mm -hmm. off the back of episode 10. So some really good feedback there. Thank you, guys. Um, I will pick up on one thing that was said in the feedback, that uh, somebody felt we weren't prepared. Well... I have to say, there's a lot of prep goes into this. Um, we can't already tell. If you can't, well, somebody couldn't tell. Anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of there is actually a lot of prep, and you know, one of the focus of the podcast was to make sure it was lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Where I think you brought up a good point, Maria, about it not being a serial type production. Yeah. I mean, it would be great if we could have that level of editing and production and post-production, but at the end of the day, we're still, at the end of the day as well, we're still trying to find our feet with the whole podcasting game and things like that. But like I said, all kinds of feedback is really helpful for us. And uh, we're really glad you've got in touch and keep getting in touch if you haven't so far. Good. So this is our second Yawa episode. You ask and we answer. Indeed. And I think the first one went down really well, didn't it? We got quite a lot of um, feedback on Twitter afterwards. Yep. And we, again, just asked everyone in the Twitter sphere on Facebook to throw us some questions. What were your questions? So we've, I think we've got sort of roughly seven. Seven questions R- Roughly week. seven. Roughly seven. Actually seven. <laughs> actually seven questions. And I think we'll kick off with the first one, which is... Maria? Um, why are we so obsessed with productivity? And this came from Chris Ma at the Content Marketing Academy, uh, who we had on last episode. Uh, Chris, you've become a regular, have you? I know. <laughs> Just name dropping him all the time. So why, why have we, why, why are we so obsessed by productivity? That's a good question, actually. Great question, Chris. Um, I would say more generally speaking, I think it comes down to having kind of some kind of sense of control over our, professional personal lives um and you know because i mean a lot of things are out of our control um you know the weather you can't control the weather so that's a really bad example but you know not here in scotland no (laughs) it's certainly not in your control here um but being able to control how you work or how you're doing certain things and which would hopefully result in something positive can be really beneficial to um your satisfaction levels, I would guess. Um, at the end of the day, it's kind of hedonistic in the sense to do something which makes you feel good and a sense of accomplishment and achievement, which, you know, sometimes you can't get. Being in control of that allows you that. Also, I think it might have to do with, in, if you go and look in a more professional sphere, uh, if you... If you're achieving more and being more productive, I think it comes down to wanting to better yourselves professionally. Um, and this is obviously more true in today's career focused world. And there's lots of competition out there. And, you know, speaking as a recent uni graduate, although I'm, I'm very grateful. I have my wonderful job. If I didn't have this job, I'm sure I'd be, I'd be pushing myself to really, you know, stand out from the crowd. And to do that, it means achieving more and getting more done and generally being more productive. So there's, it, there's one on one side it's you know to make yourself happy and on the other it's to get what you actually want out from life and your career 
Yeah, I mean, would you say you were obsessed by productivity at uni? Uh, quite the opposite. Um, <laughs> it's, I think there's a, especially with uni, it's all, you know, it's self-driven learning, basically. So you have to be somewhat productive. You have to at least get yourself out of bed. But I mean, I, I wasn't one of these people who just doesn't work hard and gets great results. I had to really push myself and I did that by being productive. But I think it's at uni, I think that's a bad example. I think this is much more of a thing in the, in the workplace um, where you have got competition or you are maybe trying to get a promotion and things like that. And that's when it, you, that's why there is huge websites like, 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 oh my goodness, like Lifehacker and TechCrunch and, um, Mashable. Mashable. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And like, you know, the, there's all the, all the, these main blogs now have massive categories on productivity. And if you look, it's just, and the all things blog. I was about <laughs> I was to say, you're missing out. The our most blog, important blog. Which is probably the most important one going. Yes. Um, I mean, they have whole categories dedicated to productivity and it's just such a, it's a buzzword and yeah, that's just one of those things. Words. But like, I have not met anyone who'll sit in like the break room and say, so what have you done today productive? Or have you tried this productivity tip and things like that? So I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, a state of mind that's become easy to, you know, write about and talk about um, online and things like that, that it's become part of our lives. But because we're seeing it everywhere, all over LinkedIn, all over our social media and things like that, maybe we're just obsessed by productivity by result of the internet. If you've, if you've not checked out our blog, by the way, <laughs> yeah. if you go to allthings.io forward slash blog, you'll see we've got a marketing, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lean agile blog and what we started with, which was uh, very much a productivity focused blog. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much Maria's baby, isn't it? Yeah. I've been writing that since kind of since I've started and it's amazing. Like you think you're going to run out of productivity topics, but you never do. You just, there's always something you, I could write about how a certain type of pen could make you more productive or why you shouldn't use a certain kind of bottled water if you're worried about your productivity. I mean, there's just so many topics, but as well, there are so many topics that everyone is writing about. So it's just about finding, that's the thing. It all comes back down. It's all being pushed in your face all the time. So maybe we're just kind of obsessed by chance. I wonder, you know, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. I wonder if um, the likes of Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week you know, that is all about how to massively, mm-hmm. you know, increase your productivity. You know, everyone would love to work a four-hour work week. Is it even possible? Well, apparently so. Apparently. Mm. So Mr. Tim Ferriss, if you've not read his book, then definitely. He's got the four-hour work week and the four, is it the four-hour body? Yeah, four-hour body. That, yeah. It would be great if you'd only ever do four hours of exercise in total to get the perfect body <laughs> but I don't think that's what the book's about I've not read it but we'll put the links in our show notes uh, yeah. so you can check them out but but I think you're right I mean certainly you're you're saying that productivity really hits home when you start working mm-hmm. and I've always worked in an environment that's been pretty much team focused mm-hmm. so you always have that ability to be around your colleagues and somebody's cracking the whip and it's it's a bit like a game, a race, a competition to see, you know, if there's four of you all meant to be doing the same job, your boss will tend to incentivize you to, you know, whoever gets there first, whoever gets the most this or... Well, on a more general level, what I've noticed since I've entered the working world is that everything is subcon- well, not subconsciously, but like 
connected to productivity. So the chairs you buy, the computers you use, the keyboards you use, the mouse you use, the, you know, the way, the, the level of your chair in relation to your monitor screen is all to do with your productivity. Like the fact you've got a water cooler, there's, there'll be in, implement, I can't think of the word, you know, the, there's a connection between if you drink so much water, you'll be more productive. And, you, you know, as a boss, you know, you probably take this into account and, you know, providing us with a kettle and some coffee machine and all these things are linked to our well-being at work, which then it impacts on our productivity. So, And I got so. you some diluting juice today. Did yeah, you see that? I did. I saw that. That awesome. was, it's good for the non-tea drinker. <laughs> I also got some uh, cloths and some washing up liquid. Is this is this why you don't buy biscuits because you don't want us to get, like lose control of our weight and then become less productive? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not because I'd probably eat them all. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't last. Um, no, they wouldn't last. Not in our office. So yeah, but yeah. So it all it's all connected. I feel so. It's a really interesting question, actually. It's, I think that's one we could maybe look at again in the future, but. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say this because we write about productivity and productivity mm. tips and, you know. It, we're working on a productivity book. We e-book are, our ebook, yeah. Mm. So we were discussing that yesterday, our ebook, and it's actually got uh, testimonials, or not so much testimonials, I guess, but sort of. Um, stories. Stories from mm. real life business people. So we're putting real together life this. People. <laughs> real not life. these fake people you find on the internet. <laughs> We've not made them up. <laughs> So yeah, um, successful business people that we've actually interviewed. Some of them are our customers of all things. Um, others are people that Maria and I have on our LinkedIn. And yeah, so it's actually, it's turning out to be a really good book. Yeah, it should be good, but we'll keep you updated. But then that's just another example of how, why, why we are, well, we're obsessed with productivity because it's what our job kind of depends on, uh, people being interested in productivity, but customers and people out there will seek it down if they feel they need it. Which they clearly do. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, Chris, I hope that was helpful. Moving on to question two. Uh, This is from Sarah from Cardiff. She's asking, how do you stay productive when you're doing something you hate? Sarah from Cardiff, I think you need to find a new job. (laughs) Well, I can relate to this. Um, At the moment, I'm moving house tomorrow. Are you you moving house, Maria? (gasps) He says it because I've been mentioning it every day. It's quite exciting. If you've been um, listening to the podcast, you'll also know. <laughs> um, and packing is quite tedious. I mean, once you think, oh, oh it's so exciting, moving house, oh, it's going to be great. And then you, the dawns on you that you've got so much crap in your house that you need to sort, organize, throw out, pack, you know, all these kind of things. And I was packing last night and I was like, just got to about 10 o'clock at night, been at work all day. And I'm like, oh, I just can't be bothered. I just, why, why do I want to do this? And it needs to be done. So it's this difficult task and what I would recommend which I told myself I had, a, I had a good strong word with myself last night I said why are you doing this Maria and it was like well I'm moving house I want to move house it's a really nice house and then that was it and you just need to get on with it um but in the past when I've worked on assignments or written blog posts that I found particularly tedious um I kind of trick myself into thinking like oh it's just another hundred words at the end of this paragraph and then the next yeah. paragraph will be easier to write or if I like if you're reading a book one of those things was um eating sweets at the end of every chapter <laughs> was one of them honestly it's stupid little things like that that you really get you through some really laborious tasks the world's chocolate reserves are helped <laughs> by you reading books english students all across mm. the land <laughs> reading jane austen um and one final thing which i actually have found really helpful whilst packing was has been um creating a routine around it so i know i'd get up go to work 
come home, have tea, and then pack for four hours or three hours and things like that. And then I'd repeat the process the next day. So it wasn't uh, the sense of dread. Oh my goodness, I've got so much to pack and get, need to get it all in boxes and sorted and moved and things like that. It becomes, it dwindles as, you know, just it's part of your everyday routine. So there's a couple of things I thought of there, which were, you know, if it's something you hate, do you typically procrastinate and put it off? Clearly not in your case of packing because. Oh no, I think I'm, I'm one of these people, even though if I, even if it's really like stupidly horrible to do, I just have to just get my head down and do it. Like I, I would, it would wind us up something rotten if I just was like, oh, I'll just put it off and I'll just do something yeah. else. And cause then I'll get annoyed with myself later on down the line. Um, it's all, it's like that thing I was talking about last week in the office. Sorry, this is a bit of an aside, but it's like people put off doing exercise because either they're too tired or they can't be bothered or they don't really want to do it. Um, but there's like new studies out that say if you focus on how you feel after exercise before you actually do the exercise, the then you're more likely to get out the house and do it. And once you're doing it, it's fine. So you need to apply that kind of mentality. I know for a fact that moving tomorrow is going to be peachy because I'll have packed all the boxes because I've just put my head down and done it. So... And Roy will be carrying all the boxes. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just a lady. You'll be standing at the door telling them where to put them. I'm going to be the coordinator. It's an official rule. <laughs> I hope you've got your all things app out. Which rooms, boxes go in. Oh, I'm so organised. No, so one thing, and I know you're so organised. One thing I was going to say, hence why we have a podcast here, because you're organised. <laughs> um, something you hate, you know. We, we're in the middle of doing this um, investor plan to raise some more money for the company. And first time round, it was easy. We actually gave it to someone else to do for us. Uh, we got some funding through Scottish Enterprise to get the business plan put together. We had, um, it was John at DC Consulting come in and basically pulled all the stuff he needed. We contributed a bit and he pulled it all together and did it. So that was easy. This time round, we've done it ourselves. Now, obviously, we have the whole layout, the structure and everything else. And we were overwriting a lot of what we we had before. And it actually made it harder. And it got to the point where we all jumped into this business plan. I think that was half the problem. I was just about to say, I mean, the amount of people could be a bit distracting. Uh, maybe Absolutely. If everyone's coming at it with different ideas and proposals and things like that, it yeah. could be... It's all very well collaborating on mm-hmm. something, but when there's too many of you... Too many cooks. Too many cooks. And you've got your Google Doc, you've got suggestion, track changes all over the place. Mm-hmm. The document just became a nightmare, still is a nightmare, actually. Um, <laughs> although I think we have cut it down from 40-plus pages to 20-something. But, you know, it's actually going through, and it's got to the point now where... It has become something I think we all hate. We don't want to touch anymore. But you know what? If we didn't do it, we wouldn't have any money. Where you know we've got to get it done. So focus on you know focus on getting it done. Get it out of the way and think of the end game. Really, think, think of the end game. I I, I wouldn't. I remember um, listening to an interview about like a sport. She was an athlete and she used to run like the hundred meters. And she was like, "Well, how?" you know, how, how do you make yourself win? You know, what's to the better effect of? And she just said, she used to visualize herself crossing the finish line first. And that's how, you know, she trained every day and she made it a religious thing. And she just, she won because she, she visualized herself doing it. I think you're right though about the, you mentioned the gym and, you know, it's very much a case of, oh, my alarm's gone off early. Oh, can't be bothered. Oh, no, I've got to go. I've got to go. 
your stuff's all packed, ready to go. You're out the door, you're in the car. But as soon as you've tied your shoelaces and you're strolling into the gym, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, those endorphins hit and you're off. Cheeky productivity tip regarding exercise and not doing it is if you're like, if you come home from work and you put all your gym clothes on and you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. And because they are just basically like pajamas, but sporty pajamas. I always think of them like that. Maria goes to bed in lycra pajamas. <laughs> well, you know, they're comfy, aren't they? Kind of. And, uh, but what they do is like, if you can't be bothered to go for a run, go for a brisk walk and then you kind of just end up running and you feel better for it. Because you want to get home and into your pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it all pays off. Um, yeah, so I hope that helps. Sarah from Cardiff. Sarah from... Oh, so the next one. Sorry, that was very not manly. Ooh. Um, so number three, John from Sunderland, Maria. Sunderland? He says, in a nutshell, what's the most important and fundamental principle for being productive? Uh, if I had to put it into one word, I would say organization. Um, knowing what you're doing, where you're doing it, how you're going to do it and what you hope to achieve, I think is pretty good. And to get that timeline in place, it requires a level of organization in the sense of how you're going to prepare to do all those things um, and getting the stuff you need to do stuff. Yep. Getting the stuff you need to do stuff. Wow. <laughs> Deary me. <laughs> for vagueness on the radio God. don't you, say you don't learn anything from this podcast how to guff off your words um yeah no just just having it like so instance i keep using this example of the, the gym it's you know but we were talking a few weeks ago on the podcast about morning routines and things like that in, yeah. in the last yawa episode actually and that was having all your stuff out the night before and you know and then on the day mentally preparing yourself and then just doing it and then afterwards making a note of you know how you felt what how you felt if you've achieved something and relying on that the next time you go through with it and then creating a routine around that. So all that though relies on organization. And before I add anything else to the mix on that already convoluted answer, I'm going to hand it over to you, Dave. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you know, in a nutshell, I'd say break things down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to break things down. We talked in various episodes about eat that frog um and you know breaking those things down into bite-sized chunks and i think you know if you're going to be productive you need to be able to take the task at hand and you know know how you can break it down so it's easy to get things done if it's a big task it's you know you just think dread and mm-hmm. it's just overwhelming yeah overwhelming so actually you know being able to chop that task down and say, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. Those are four components to it and just get stuck in. Mm-hmm. And uh, reward yourself along the way with chocolate. After you've done A, eat a chocolate. <laughs> Go into B, eat a chocolate. You know. Roy must spend a lot of time rewarding <laughs> you. Like, a little. Come on, Maria, if uh, you move that box into the house. I'd like to clarify, I buy my own chocolate, Dave. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Um, right. So yeah, that was, I, I don't want to really elaborate on that because I think I don't want to get away from the fundamental words we talked about. So breaking it down and being organized. I think that's, that would, that's what, um, John from Sutherland was looking for. Um, how would you help those around you become more productive? And this is from Claire from Orkney. Orkney. Have you ever been Orkney. to Orkney? No. No. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire, maybe you can come and visit us and we'll come and visit you. <laughs> So how do you help those around you become more productive? I tend to, you know, motivate certainly from a sort of, you know, 
management perspective is, you know, trying to, trying to motivate the staff by, you know, looking at the end results and, you know, keep almost carrot dangling, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably, well, I shouldn't, probably, but it is, it's again, breaking down those tasks, making them, making whatever it is look easier mm-hmm. by breaking them down. Um, and I think, you know, the sort of overwhelming feeling about, helping others become more productive is making sure that if you're going to assign tasks to people that they're assigned to the right people. So, you know, you love writing. I'm not going to assign it to Andy, a writing task, because it would be short. Um, whereas I know you'd really get into it, give it a lot of thought and, you know, and run with it. And you'd probably be happy doing that. So, you know, happiness equals, you know, more productivity, I guess. Yeah. If you're going to measure it. Um, I would, uh, one of my things I've, uh, I, I think of when I think about the pe- making, making the people around me become more productive is teaching by example. I think if you, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, preach and, you know, say you need to be more productive because I'm being more productive. I don't think that is a productive thing to do if you're thinking about it like that. But I think, you know, just, I think this is one actually one reason why our sprints. And our sprint planning meetings are quite good because we're all sitting there around the screen looking at what everyone's doing and and seeing what we've achieved and everyone's in it together and we've we all know we've got tasks to achieve and when you tick them off and we all sit down at the end of the next sprint it's like oh look we're, we're super awesome and everyone's learning like that and it's I, I never worked like that when I was when I before I worked here and now it's something I would take on board and keep on doing that's quite an interesting point because Pete's latest blog that we've just proofed is mm. about retrospectives mm. and actually sitting down, making sure that after you have done you know, a project, completed tasks or your weekly workload, that you sit down as a team, review it, what was, you know, what was good, what was bad, what could be improved on. Mm. Um, you know, and that must, you know, as a team, make you feel more productive because you're actually evaluating it. And one of the points in the blog was, you know, is that just time for, you know, team members to kick off about how unhappy they are, you know, have a bitch and a moan to their boss. Um, But, you know, not so. I think nine times out of 10, that's not the case. I think they are. I think in the working environments now, it's not like Mm. the 1980s where you could be like that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Claire, I hope that helps. Um, We're going to rush on to the next question. Pete from Oklahoma asks, where do I start with getting my project off the ground? How do I ensure I stay focused at the beginning of the project? Do you want to start on that one? I think we're probably both going to focus on the same thing here. but (laughs) Um, So you're starting your project and you want to stay focused at the very beginning. I would ask yourself three questions. The first is, what do you really want out of this? What are you, you know, what, what's the end game? Um, and then ask, why do you want to do this? Like, what are your motivations behind doing such a project? And then finally, and probably the toughest one, how are you going to achieve it? And then this is when the planning and the organization and breaking it down, all those things we've just previously talked about come into play. And it's, that's, this is the moment where you get your, post-it notes out if you still use them or your whiteboard and you just get all your thoughts down on one page it's kind of like the the first steps in david allen's gtd um where your brain can't possibly handle well it might be you might be super genius but you can't a normal human being um can it 
take all that information and organize in your brain. So getting it all down on paper and then referring back to those three questions. So what you want, why do you want to do it and how are you going to achieve it constantly through the planning process um, can really help ground you and ground the project. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we've, we use, um, you know, Scrum. Mm -hmm. So there's a backlog in your Scrum. And that's sort of, you know, if you like, you could have a backlog for a project. So those are all the things that go into actually making the project complete. Um, but at some stage or another, we've had to break it down into all these different tasks that need done to complete the project. And then going about, you know, again, it comes back to what we've just talked about, break things down in smaller chunks and, you know, estimating time to those tasks. And I think if you've done all that before you start, you're going to be in a much better place to say, okay, we know this project's probably going to take us two months. Let's do our sprints, which are every two weeks. So you sit down as a team every two weeks and work out who's going to do what. And because you've already done all the planning, if you like, the estimating and pulling stuff from the backlog and putting it into, um, putting it into a sprint, then it's going to make life a lot easier, surely. I think so. I think, yeah, just having that place to refer to things and not worry about it when you don't, like when it's not in your mind. I could only imagine if, if we didn't have the backlog of tasks, uh, trying to come up with new ideas or, you know, what are we going to work on this week? And then thinking, oh, well, we need to do this. And then this comes in your brain and then something else comes in your brain. But when you look at your backlog and it's like, it's already all prioritized. It's already all got timestamps on them. You just think, well, we're going to do that, that and that and get started doing it. There's no time being wasted. Just thinking, what do we need to do next? And it's because at the end of the day, that's, you know, sometimes half the, the battle. Let's say, say if I was to write a blog post and I've got a backlog of um, potential ideas, article ideas. I mean, coming up with an idea, a writer will tell you it's often half the battle. So even though I've got a big list of them, I just refer to that and I get writing straight away. It's fab. Always on the go. I am. Ready to go. <laughs> Good stuff. So, Pete, that was probably, you know, I think we were both talking along the same lines there. I think so. Yeah, I have no good. idea. Um, I don't listen to you when we record this. <laughs> you just look at me like I'm strange and saying nonsense, which is probably true. That's just my face. Okay. So, um, Joan from London. How can I stay productive when I'm not at work, e.g. at home, after work, and at weekends? This is, I really struggled with this one, actually. Yeah? Is it yeah. just because you're just not productive at all after work, did <laughs> When's after work? I think that oh. was half the problem. <laughs> Seriously, you know, when is after work? And, you know, that comes back to routine. And I think this is going to focus quite highly in this answer is having that routine that, you know, you don't just leave work, go home, boom, that's you done. Very easy just to go Very lie tempting. Very, very tempting. Very easy just to go <laughs> lie on the sofa like a sloth, watch Netflix. Um but actually realizing just as you do at work that you still have to be productive in your home life. Mm -hmm. I know many people would say they're not. Even if it's, it doesn't, I mean, you can be productive in terms of your own hobbies or you can be productive with more work at home if you wanted, you know, professional side, if you're trying to bet yourself that way. Um, but yeah, it does come down to routine. And uh, while it would be easy to just do nothing, getting into the, creating a habit and Fusing that habit with willpower as well. You know, it's, it's always going to be more difficult to start that routine at the beginning. Um, but one thing I was going to say, sorry, bit off the beaten track. Say if you are a morning person and, you know, just 
you've really got loads going on in the morning you can do loads you can achieve loads you're most productive then when it gets to about five four five o'clock that's like this is what I was writing about the other day actually it just gets so hard for me to just like stay focused on things and you really do have to push yourself and then the thought of going home and like just doing more or like doing some exercise or trying to do unless it's a hobby you're really really enthused about then it's really difficult so I would if you're looking to achieve more at home whether it's personal or professional but you can't in the evening don't beat yourself up about it just do it in the morning that's what i do that's why set your alarm for five o'clock <laughs> get, up, get up pack some boxes embrace it <laughs> well you joke i know you did the other day but no but like simple things like I, i'll go to the gym in the morning i'll prepare food in the morning well, we know like when that. you've been to the gym in the morning don't we i know i should have my own gym show i should uh, podcast from the gym i talk about it so much don't i <laughs> No, there's just I'm this really air the, of air of smugness. I'm really the most boring person in the world. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so yeah, I would say you know if 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 you are pushing yourself and if you don't feel like you're getting any benefit from it, you're just doing it because you feel like you should. Then sw- switch up your routine a bit and you know m- make it work for you. With regards to the weekends, I think habit and routine is the most important thing. And I mean, obviously, it's different if you've got different circumstances. I'm talking from a I don't have kids and I don't have really any, you know, what's it called? Responsibilities. That's the word. But I tell you, I, I tell you what, when I move into my new house, I bet I will. And I bet it'll be, you know, just getting stuff organized, getting into routine and making sure you stick to it and try and do it every weekend. I'm, 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 I'm looking I'm, at this man. I'm thinking he's got responsibilities. What he can add to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm remembering moving into our first place and um moving in massive garden or massive garden relatively speaking in terms it goes down in many levels mm-hmm. didn't even consider that when, <laughs> when you we were buying the it. place not just looked at the view oh that's a nice garden awesome um oh my god <laughs> no um a lot of work so you know I said well every Second weekend, I'm going to, on a Sunday, make sure that we stay on top of this and make sure, you know, not paying for a gardener, that's a waste of money. How long do you think that lasted? <laughs> so I've, I've been through my fair share of gardeners. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So good luck. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, good luck at staying productive at the weekend and after work and hope you hope that works for you. Uh, Joan? Okay, um, our final question, Dave. So... This is a really good one. I like this one to end um, because I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a difference of opinion here, maybe. I don't know. But Sally from California in the US of A says, does meditation really work? She says, I've heard it's good for productivity, but she's a bit dubious, which, you know, is probably probably where most people are with I think so. the term meditation. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you not think meditation has suddenly become very popular? Oh, it's a total buzzword. Because it's the most whimsical buzzword there is. Okay, so that's Maria's opinion on uh, <laughs> meditation the, done. It's, it's not the final word in, in meditation, but... But why, why is, is this? It? Do you know why this is? It's because there's so many apps hitting the app store. Yeah, and I think it's a certain kind of lifestyle that people are, especially in America and, you know, in the more hipstery areas of the world are uh, really pushing this. I think there, there's a lot of media attention around it because of the apps. And it goes back to what we talked about at the very start of the 
podcast about being obsessed with productivity. It's, you know, it's all over Lifehacker. It's all over, you know, all these other sites. And uh, it really, she, do, Sally's right to ask. She's right to ask if it's, I mean, she, I bet, speaking from my own personal experience, I have tried meditation and I am still on the fence with it. I think because it's a total conundrum for me in the sense that if I meditate in the morning, I'm like, totally awake and I can't relax because my brain is just thinking about all the things I'm going to achieve or need to achieve. So my brain doesn't switch off that way. And then that's the whole point of meditation. Just sit back, let your brain switch off. Um, and then I can't, you know, there's lots of apps that promote doing it at work. If you've got a spare five minutes, you know, on your break or something like that, can't do it at work. I always think I'm too busy or I'm eating or I'm on my lunch or doing something. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit in at work and then I'll go home and I'll, I'll do something productive I'll like eat I, yeah. <laughs> it all comes back down to eating with me anyway and then I thought oh, I'll do it before I go to bed and then I'll just fall asleep so like, I relax my brain like after a minute and then I'm asleep <laughs> so it's totally I'm, just, I'm recalling our conversation yesterday about our ebook and we were three of us sat around the table planning <laughs> our ebook and somehow we managed to turn ebook planning into food discussion yeah, I'm going to write a cookery book. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's, it doesn't, I don't know if I didn't dedicate, well, I say I didn't, didn't dedicate enough time for it. I did it for about two weeks. And um, So how many, what were you doing, five, ten minutes a day? Seven minutes. I used um, an app called Calm, I think it's on Okay, yeah, I know, I've seen that one. Um, and it was great, and it was really int- easy to use, and it had, I could, it kind of taught you how to meditate as well, which I thought excellent, because I've not really done it before. And But yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. I think I need to investigate it some more. The apps might have gone, you know, improved. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, remember Richard Tubb when mm-hmm. we had him on the podcast, mm-hmm. when you asked him the question, you know, what was his daily... Mm, he, oh, he has a fantastic yeah, morning so routine. Yeah, so he uses the same app I started using, which I stopped using. And then we had Richard on the show. It's an app called Headspace. And... It's a, it's a brilliant app. I've not checked out Calm, the one you mm-hmm. used, but um, certainly Headspace gets a lot of love. It's pretty popular on... Does Headspace send you notifications? Like, yes. Yeah. Have you meditated today? You can actually... T- try your five minutes of meditation. And I get that at like half past seven. I think, oh, screw you. I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, I don't need you. No, um, I, I really enjoy it. Just 10 minutes out, I eyes mean, closed, just relax and... Do you know what? You might get up from it and go, well, that was a waste of time, but you you know, you don't know. It's 10 minutes. You've not been rushing around. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's loads of, I mean, there's loads of perceived benefits. Um, Weight loss, lowering your blood pressure, improved sleep, improved memory, improved improved cognitive function, improved focus, improved everything. But you didn't find any of those, no? Not with myself, no. (laughs) I certainly didn't lose any weight. Um, So yeah, I mean, and these are all, you know, backed by studies and there's a lot more studies being conducted at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, what it comes down to is uh, just taking time out from a crazy hectic life. It doesn't matter if you're using a an app or you're actively meditating every day for seven minutes and whatnot. I think it's just remembering to, you know, take a minute to just daydream. Yep. No, it's good. It's good, Sally. I hope that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick summary. Yes. So we today have talked about why we are obsessed by productivity. I kind of got to the conclusion just because we're forced to by the internet and by people like all things. Um, and how do you stay productive when you're doing something you hate? Routine, routine, routine. I think that was the, 
and tricking yourself if you if you're me with chocolate um what was the most productive and fundamental principle for being productive organization from me and it was breaking it down from you dave wasn't it yeah breaking things down bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. uh, followed closely by claire's question claire's question by orkney how do you help those around you become more productive that was one of them <laughs> and it was going to be teaching by example from myself and you what did you say about that uh, assigning it to people mm-hmm. you know with the right skills so the right tasks for the right people yeah um getting your project off the ground asking yourself three valuable questions which i think can be asked about most tasks or projects and you know anything you need to overcome uh what you really want why are you wanting to do it and how you're going to achieve it and this can definitely be applied to the next part we looked at which was being productive after work if you're starting a new hobby why do you want to achieve this hobby uh, what are you going to need to do it and all that jazz and does meditation really work on the fence looks good on paper no I'm, I'm i'm for it mm-hmm. again routine get yeah. into the routine just like you brush your teeth twice a day mm-hmm. i hope and <laughs> especially, especially given the chocolate <laughs> consumption going on over the other side um so yeah get into a routine with mm-hmm. that that was a really shoddy summary from me. <laughs> Apologies. Oh, dearie me. So you mean rather than 36 minutes, we could have consumed that in five? <laughs> no, that wasn't even five. It was a two-minute summary. That was excellent. Good. Excellent. Right. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. And like we said at the start of the program, uh, we are uh, still getting some good reviews and some constructive reviews and no matter what your thoughts are we'd love to hear them um so you can tweet us at all things underscore io or leave us um a review that would be excellent on itunes yeah guys they don't have to be five star reviews honestly we're not going to be hurt we we got our first four star it was really tough and you know i cried for a bit i comforted but it was it was bearable (laughs) so hey maria do you know who we've got coming up in Probably it will be episodes, well, this is 11 now, so it will most likely be 14 or 15, is we have Businesswoman of the Year yes. being interviewed right here That's really exciting. on our podcast. I'm super, super psyched by that. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine Garrett-Cox is going to be on our podcast, and we're going to be interviewing her and asking her um how she stays productive and how she manages a team she was recently nominated businesswoman of the year Mm -hmm. and runs the alliance trust so really excited to have her on Mm -hmm. and if you've got any questions for her um absolutely please fire those through on twitter as well um i was also going to say uh you can also leave us a review on stitcher if you're listening to us through stitcher which would always be great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's me. So I was also going to say... All right. <laughs> Just trying to end this program here, dude. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> Who have we got on as well? Chris van der Kyle. Chris van der Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those locally to us will know who Chris van der Kyle is. Those that don't, Google it. He's a um, super, super bright guy and really looking forward to having him on board. Um, very successful businessman and yeah, looking forward to see what he's going to share with us. Mm, but we'll have more information on that with upcoming episodes, uh, what you're likely to hear in the podcast and things like that. So watch out for episode 12 coming out soon, the next two weeks. So yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. So one last thing before we wrap up, before <laughs> Maria tries to end this. Gordon <laughs> Um We're actually sponsoring and we oh, had a yeah. chat with him on Skype. We've just started sponsoring 
um, really interesting guy called Derek Cowan. Now, Derek is currently in Vietnam at the moment, and he's followed the Top Gear crew and has decided to go from basically the top of Vietnam down to the bottom. And he's done this on a bike and a little scooter. Yeah, he kind of just, he was working and he just thought, nope. He had his own business. Yeah. And, you know, what most people strive to do, he's said, well, I've done the business thing. And he's, no, he's not got rid of it. It's still there and still running. But he's, you know, taking it to the Throwing next level. Throwing caution into yeah. the wind, I believe the phrase is. And he's just gone in on his travels and he's living his dream. And he's streaming most of it and documenting his journey through Periscope, which is, uh, it's really entertaining to watch. You love Periscope, don't you? I totally love it. It's the best medium ever. Let us know if you want Maria to do more Periscopes, because she's really up for it. Just like I say, the level of sarcasm in this room, you could cut it with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the reason I brought that up was the productivity aspect Mm -hmm. to it. And the fact that, you know, Derek's built this from nothing. He decided to start Periscoping just to document his journey. He's now writing blogs about it. He's using all things mm-hmm. to um, to actually, you know, plan his trip. Uh, so it was really, really cool speaking to him on Skype today from Saigon in Vietnam. We're really excited. Yeah. So if you're keen to see what Derek's up to, make sure you follow him. It's Entrepreneur on a Journey. Um, you'll find him on Facebook, on Periscope. It's on Twitter. Entrepreneur O-A-J at uh, for his Twitter and his Periscope handles as well. So that's that. I will yeah. I will let us wrap this up. Oh, Maria. just one more thing. Oh, what's that? Oh, nothing. I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, Maria. I'm Sophie. <laughs> Maria. What? You're moving tomorrow. I am moving tomorrow. You didn't already hear. And I go to the gym loads as well. Who'd have thought? Right, anyway, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you in episode 12. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want more of All Things Productivity, check out allthingsproductivity.com for articles, videos, and of course, the All Things Productivity app. And don't forget to leave us some feedback. Comment at allthingsproductivity.com or tweet us at allthings underscore io. Thanks for listening.